Hello and welcome to Who Is She, a podcast sharing the voice I wish I had in my 20s and navigating how to thrive in your 30s. I'm your host, Danielle, and I'm so glad you're here. This is a safe space to talk through all the in-between moments, consider different perspectives, and ultimately go for the life we want to live. Get comfortable and let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Who Is She? I'm so glad you're here. I am really excited about the topic for today because, I mean, you'll see why in a second, but I just feel like there really isn't anything that I've come across that gives this kind of layout for this topic. So I'm excited. And the topic is a step-by-step guide of getting through a breakup. And I feel really confident addressing this because I've dealt with this multiple times and I'm just going to give you my experience, what I learned and what I wish I had in those moments when I was getting over the breakups that I've experienced. And like I said, I feel like there's a ton of content about the feelings and the middle parts and the everything in between of moving through a breakup and what it feels like, but there's not a step-by-step guide, which it makes sense because this isn't going to be a one-size-fits-all thing, but within what I'm going to give you, there's going to be concrete steps that you can then interpret to whatever would work for you. Um, For the type of person that I am, I'm like, give me some direction. Like, that's what's valuable to me. Um, So, I want a guide. I want directions that if I follow, I will end up here. So, that's what I'm going to give you today. My personal branded guide of getting through a breakup. And disclaimer, this is just what... That's just what this is. My personal guide of getting through a breakup. None of this is obviously mandatory. And I am in no way telling you things that you must do. You know you better than anyone, and I trust you to make the best choices for you. So, by the end of this, here's the goal. If you're in the middle of a breakout, breakout, break up, you just had one, or you're still getting over one, and whatever it may be. If a breakup is somewhere on your recent um, path, This is not going to fix anything, but my hope is that it gives you some clear steps if you feel lost and maybe some hope from my testimony of what it's like on the other side. And while some of these steps might unlock and unbind certain things, maybe make you think about stuff, this is meant to be a guide in the interim of time between when you feel broken and when your emotions have faded, as they always will for things that are not meant for us. What I'm trying to say is that time is a key factor here. So alongside all the things I'm about to tell you, time also has a huge seat at the table. And instead of just letting you move through time aimlessly, this episode will give you an outline of how to use it. So starting out with context, my experience, if you listen to episode one, which is who is she or getting to know me, um, some of this will be a repeat, but it's important. So, because I don't want to just be, like, telling you stuff without earning my credentials here. This is all things that I've experienced before. And that sounds silly. Like, 
oh yeah, you've been in a relationship, you've gone through a breakup. But some people haven't. Some people really haven't had like real relationships and haven't had those real relationships end. And so anyway, I've had serious adult relationships. What I would consider to be an actual real life adult relationship. None of that like high school stuff. Not talking about people I've dated but haven't been together because those two things are different. Um, when you actually commit to each other and you're in a long-term relationship. One of them was in college and one of them was, um, well, college and then right after college. And then um, one was in my late 20s. And both are worth mentioning because I can relate to wherever it is that you are. So maybe you're younger, you're in college or what I would consider younger Maybe you're in high school. I don't know. I don't know who it is that is listening to this. Um, But high school, college, I was together with this person um, starting like my, I want to say my sophomore year of college and then all the way through college. And then um, we probably should have broken up after like six months, honestly, because neither of us were equipped to actually be in a relationship. And... um, It just, yeah, that's going to be part of, like, an episode I give on, like, advice if I were in college again is this topic. Um, But when that ended, the phrase that came to mind was, I'll never love again. And I was just so heartbroken. I was so sad. I was confused. But honestly, the hardest part of that was sort of like, well, what do I do now? It was a pivotal point of defining who I wanted to be starting all the post-college things and creating a life. And this just sort of pulled the rug from under me because, you know, what happens when you have a big change like this is you envision your life and then all of a sudden a big factor of what you were envisioning isn't going to be a part of it. But honestly, this was the biggest blessing because I feel God You can say whatever you want, the universe, but I believe God was literally clearing space because he was just in the way of who I was supposed to become, straight up. And that isn't any shade to him. I hope he's happy. I hope he's thriving. All good things, all love. Um, But it was very clear that we were not supposed to be together and it needed to end, but I wouldn't do it. So like looking back in the last couple of months of that relationship, And probably longer than that, I wasn't truly happy and fulfilled. And there's no way that he was either. But even still, breaking up was not even an option in my mind. And I think we get so hardwired that this is my reality now. Which is actually a big change I've made in the last year is knowing and leaning into the fact that I always have the power to shift my reality. We're never stuck unless we ourselves are telling us I can't, telling ourselves I can't change this. So that was my um, first relationship that I'm referencing here. And it was, I'm so far out that I'm like, I look back on it and I'm like, lol, that, uh, that was a time. And I can't even believe that I thought what I thought and, you know. So the next one was after college. This was in my late 20s. So an entirely different maturity of relationship. And I was obsessed. I was adamant. I was over the moon and determined that I was going to marry him. And he did not feel that way, which is why it ended. 
And when it did, I was broken. I was completely shattered. And I don't know if this is just because I was older and it was closer to what could be like a relationship when you're 27 is way closer in reality to marriage and the forever thing than being 19. I mean, it can work out in all different ways and everyone's different and, you know, all the things. But you know what I'm saying. Like, it felt so much closer. Um, and um, it had more of an open-ended ending point where it felt like it might circle back and turn out to work out later down the line, which did not help me at all to move through processing or the breakup. Um, so I basically spent an entire year after that rebuilding myself. And when I say I was a phoenix rising from these ashes, there is no better metaphor. I was aching and pining and just in so much pain every day, but I rebuilt I mean, it was a coping mechanism for sure. And it was, um, I think, I know for me, um, this started like, again, these are things I've mentioned, but I've had a couple of like of my immediate family members pass away. And when the first time it happened, it was in high school. And my dad told me he read a study because he was trying to study how to care for children when they lose, you know, a parent. And he said that the study he read said that female children typically overachieve in grief and male children tend to act out or recluse. And so my coping mechanism for pain has always been overachieve or overextend or, you know, do all the things. Anyway. So we'll get more into that in the steps, but there's the context, my credentials, if you will, um, which have given me the ammo to construct the following guide of getting through a breakup. So I'm going to go through the steps. I believe there are four. Let's look at my notes here. Two, three, four, five. There are five. So I'm going to take you through step by step. Um, So let's get into it. Step one, just exist and feel it. Just exist and feel it. To explain this one, I want to read you something I wrote that I actually put up as a big sis video on TikTok like a year ago. And I actually really enjoy writing and I think I'm pretty good at it. But this is a pretty perfectly perfect description of what I mean by just exist and feel it. Okay, I'm just going to read it. If you are heartbroken, here is what I know as an almost 30-year-old single female. I'm not 30, but, you know, this was written a while ago. I know it hurts so bad right now. You thought your life was going to turn out one way, and now it's not. You had this picture in your mind, and in an instant, that picture vanished. Your only job right now is to keep going. Keep breathing, keep waking up, just doing your best every day. It is okay to have and feel those emotions. Don't listen to anyone who's trying to tell you what to feel. They're not you, and they don't know what you're experiencing on the inside. It's okay to hurt, just keep going. Because one day, you'll wake up and it won't hurt quite that bad anymore. 
You may still think about them all throughout the day, but it'll start to be at a point where it doesn't completely break you down. And the more time passes, little by little, it'll sting less. And that sting will turn into more of a dull pain and eventually, little by little, that pain will fade away. One day you'll wake up and realize that you haven't thought about that person in two days. And then two days will turn into a week, a month, and so on. And eventually you'll think back about that person with a gentle happiness, about how they were just a chapter in your life, and you'll just hope that they're happy too. You'll then start to be able to see what you learned from the situation about yourself and about what you're looking for. I can't tell you how long this will take, but I can tell you this will happen for you, and I'm sending you all my love from the other side. So when I say just exist and feel it, What I mean is that you just had something hurtful and traumatic happen and you're allowed to give those emotions their due diligence. Your only job right now is to keep waking up, keep breathing, and just keep existing. Like, you should feel so accomplished and proud that you are just even here existing in this moment. Let yourself feel. I even think there's a level of therapy and wallowing a little bit. (laughs) Sort of like mourning your loss, so whatever that means for you. Um, You can find or make a heartbreak playlist. I definitely have one on my my Spotify. Um, Journal about what you're feeling right now in this moment. Not where you want to be, but what you're feeling right now. Cry if that's your thing. Eat all the things. Have those pajama movie nights. Therapy, obviously. Disclose to friends what it is you're feeling and what it is that you're needing. And I wrote down in my notes, thankful prayer. So, um, what I've learned about prayer in the last year is it's so, God already knows what moment you're in. He knows everything. So, it's not like you need to fill him in on anything, but he also knows what's coming next, and he has only good plans for you. And so, when I write down thankful prayer, what that means is, um, Prayer that is in gratitude for what's coming because it's always good things that's coming. And even if there are like hard things on the way, it's going to be used for good. Um, And all of this sort of like feeling and existing with the caveat that you do what you need to do while you're feeling what you need to feel, knowing that you have the power to move forward to the next step when you're ready. And moving forward to the next step doesn't mean that your feelings can't come with. It just means that they're not going to be in the driver's seat anymore. Moving on to step two of how to get through a breakup when you're ready. Start doing things to close that chapter. So this is going to start your acceptance phase of grief to be clear That's what a breakup is. It's just a different type of grief. You're grieving the loss of a relationship, but more importantly, what you thought your reality was going to look like. You're grieving a potential path in future that had just been closed off. So things to close that chapter. And there's no one size fits all. None of these are mandatory, just rather ideas. The first idea is purging. This can mean to start to get rid of things around that Uh, your house from the relationship if every time you look at something it brings you back to that person or a moment or a memory it's probably time to let go and this could be archiving or deleting photos on social media 
basically anything that pulls you back into thinking about that person or the relationship. And honestly, for my last relationship, I couldn't bring myself to immediately getting rid of those things and just throwing them out. So I did a middle ground, which worked for me, where I moved the physical items into my garage. So out of line of sight. Almost like when you archive a picture on Instagram. It just lets you have a little mental piece because it's not in your face all the time. And then when you're ready, you can throw those things out. Some people like to burn things like photos and letters and stuff as more of a ceremonial closure. I'm more of a trash can girly myself, but whatever works for you. And obviously, I'm not giving advice and you should do all these things safely. Um, Still on number two of doing things that close the chapter, I'm a big journaling girl not in the sense that I do it all the time, but when I do do it, it's always a good thing and it always helps my brain process things better. I always recommend journaling in every stage, but for this stage in particular, I recommend journaling about what closing this chapter looks like for you and what that specifically means. And this is where these steps are up to your interpretation. Like what this means for each person is going to be completely different. And so Take that as you will. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Um, I feel like journaling with prompts like this really lets your brain get your feelings on board with where you're going. Um, and the last thing I want to mention about doing things that close the chapter, an extension of this for me was prayer around this chapter being closed. For me, this sounded like thanking God for ending something that wasn't for me and bringing me what is. Because no matter what you believe kind of like what I mentioned in the last step. How is the universe, God, life, whatever, going to bring you what's next when you haven't authorized it to happen in your life yet? So closing the chapter also means the prayer or the journaling or the whatever you want to do to being open to the next thing and just like speaking that into existence however works for you. And for me, it's prayer. Once you've done things to close the chapter and to reiterate, that doesn't mean that you're not going to have the same emotions or cycle through different stages of grief. It just means that you've decided on these actions in an effort to move forward. But once you've done these things to close the chapter and you feel like you've done what you can to level set or ground the best way you can, what I found to be a good next step is number three, how to get through a breakup, be a good friend and pour out to others. And what this means is you are going to be the kind of friend that you want. Start texting your friends, just asking them how they're doing. No agenda of wanting anything like making plans or filling your time. Just being there for people. Start being really thoughtful about what matters to your friends. For example, if your friend has a big occasion or life event coming up or something they're excited for, make it a point to ask how it's going or how it went. Make it known that it's a big deal for you, too, because it's a big deal for them. And the reason this works is 
Being there for others or pouring out to others shifts your mind off yourself for a minute. It's a healthy break from what might feel like a constant nag at your heart with all the emotions you're feeling in your situation. And number two, there's healing and giving. I know some people might disagree with this and that's fine. We can disagree, but this really was a core uh, pillar of how I got through my last breakup. Um... But the disagreement is probably you can't pour out of an empty cup. But I swear being like this will fill you in ways you can't imagine. This concept actually came to me through watching um, a sermon from Holly Furtick. I believe it's how you say it at Elevation Church. And I'm going to give you the paraphrased version. Um, The scripture that was read was 2 Kings 4. And basically, a widow with two sons was feeling at the end of her rope. She's in debt. She's about to lose her two sons. Um, And Elisha, who her late husband worked for, asked her, what do you have? Like, what do you got? See what we can do here. And she said she only had a little bit of oil, which could be sold to pay her debts, but she only had a little. And he instructs her to collect the vessels from people around her, go behind closed doors and pour the oil, one container at a time, set it aside. And miraculously, this little bit of oil filled a bunch of containers and only ran out when they ran out of containers. So the moral of the story is that when we stop focusing on what we don't have and instead focus on what we do have and use it to pour into those around us, it's like a chain reaction of filling our own cup. So that's where that kind of concept came from. Um... Another reason this works is everyone talks about leaning into friends when going through hard times, but no one really talks about being a good friend and leading, um, which leads to the ability to lean into your friends. So what I mean by this is if you truly embody those qualities of being the friend you want, the circle around you is just naturally going to grow and you're going to have the support there, um, even if it's just your friend's presence. And then lastly, this is also really good for the situation where your previous relationship overshadowed your life a little bit and you look up when you got broken up with or you guys broke up and you have no friends. I think that's a very common thing Um, because you've been so focused on the relationship that some of your other relationships, your friendships have gone by the wayside. So, you know, it might be time to start putting some intentionality there. And it's doing the work to rebuild your circle in a kind, authentic way. And pouring out to others also absolutely means your family. Everyone's family dynamics are obviously different, so I encourage you to apply this in ways that make sense for you. But, you know, if you're not local, call them or plan trips if you can or, you know, reach out to them and spend time on the phone. Um, Or if you are local, if you're lucky enough, like myself, to have my dad lives like 15 minutes away and... um, I, I love my dad so much. It's like, I, maybe I should do an episode on that. I don't really know what I... Just talk about how awesome my dad is. Anyway, spending time with your family because when you have everything you want later in life, let's say, you know, you're devastated because you thought you were going to marry this dude and, you know, you look up, he's gone. What do you do now? All you want is to be married. You want You want the life. You want the babies. You want all the things. And you're, like, aching for that. But when you get that later in life, because I believe it for you, I believe that if you have that desire in your heart, it was placed there intentionally because that's a part of your future. But when you have that and you have everything you ever wanted in life, 
you're going to look back at this moment, at the opportunity that you had to spend with your family and your friends, and you're going to cherish it if you do. You're going to be able to remember, you know, man, that time was really hard. I was in so much pain, but okay, a good example. Remember when I went skating with my dad? That was pretty cool. That was, that was pretty awesome. I have like, so my dad for context (laughs) is like an original, uh, roller skater. He was like in all these magazines and stuff in the eighties and my parents met at a skating rink, whatever. And my fondest, like of my life so far, my fondest memories with my dad, my favorite memories with my dad is there was this one summer that I decided I really wanted to take skating seriously because I've been skating my whole life, but like, you know, not seriously, but I wanted to take it seriously. And I went with my dad, like, gosh, it must've been like four nights a week over one summer. And I went to like at the skating rink, the way they break it out or the way they used to when skating rinks basically existed is they would have sessions throughout the day, but then the night sessions would be adults only because it was later and it was more advanced skating. So I was like, I must've been like 12 and we went four nights a week around, around that. And, um, I would go to adult session and it was like advanced, advanced skating, but we would do that. We'd skate for like four hours and then we'd go home. It would be like 11 or midnight by the time we got out. And then we'd always go to Jack in the box and we got Jack in the box and smoothie or what do they have? Milkshakes. And it was just the funnest summer with my dad. And I'll always remember that circling back to that. That was a tangent. Um, but in these moments where you wish you could fill your time with that person, redirect and point it towards, towards your family and your friends, take all the love that you once gave to your past relationship and pour it to all the people around you that deserve it. Okay. Step number four, we're almost there. I can't believe this is going so quickly. I thought this was going to be way longer. Anyway, step number four. Start doing all the things that light your soul on fire. That thing that you've always thought about doing, listen to that voice in the back of your mind that's always been curious about XYZ, whatever it is. For me, this really meant listening to God about what he has for me and maybe that I hadn't given into yet, part of his design for me that I hadn't yet unlocked. This could be a hobby. It could be a skill you want to learn. It could be taking a trip. It could be starting a project, literally whatever. But there is truly no better time than right here in this moment of rebuilding yourself to go for it. Even if you go for it purely for the purpose of distraction or just to see what happens, like not wishing for an outcome, just, hey, I have time and whatever, let's go for it. Um, that's when I started blogging. Um, and I look back at (laughs) when I started all this, um, in 2021 and like what I, it's been a long time coming with like the quality of the stuff that I've been putting out, but I had to start somewhere. And that's a good podcast topic too, is like, it might feel embarrassing starting something new, And it's just because it's new. That's all it is. It's just because it's new. I had no idea what I was doing, but it was something 
that I was always curious about and I always thought it'd be really cool to like do social media stuff but I never had the guts to do it and be vulnerable and then one day I did and now here I am two years later on this podcast which I would have never thought was in my path back then um but here we are there was a lot of other things that I um I'll mention them sometimes on social media but like um I don't talk about extensively but I had always wanted to serve at my church. So I've been going to my church for the last few years. And actually it was when I started, when I came to faith. So I, I haven't always been Christian. Um, I was, my family never went to church. So this was a relatively new thing for me. But after I, you know, fell in love with faith, um, I knew that I wanted to serve I just didn't know how to start and so I just started asking questions and and my church had a cool thing called growth track which basically um it was pretty cool it was like um uh spiritual gifts test so you know how you can take like personality tests in school and it kind of like tells you different things about the way that you think or what how you learn or um you know, what path might be best for you. This one was what gifts, spiritual gifts you have and how to apply them um, specifically for the ministries and the different departments at the church. So it's pretty cool. Um, And I have always loved singing. I did a little bit in high school. Um, Never, and I did choirs and stuff, but I've never done it on like a real like big scale. And my My church that I go to, I go to um, Redemption in Santa Clara. The worship there is crazy. It's so good. It's like, it's like you're at a concert every time. It's wild. And so when I first, uh, my ex actually brought me to church for the first time and he knew because he knew I could sing a little bit and love to sing. He was like, he knew that I was going to end up in worship, but he just let me sort of take everything in. And he kind of like mentioned, he was like, so when are you going to be up there? And I, when he said those things, I was like, you're kidding. Like, there's no way that will ever happen. Um, And I just looked up to like the worship leaders and all the people that were on the stage so much, like, gosh, they're so amazing. And then, lo and behold, during this period of time where I'm getting through a breakup, I've never seen this before, but they had announced that they were doing auditions for the worship team. And I was so nervous. I I remember my audition, but, like, I think it was the most nervous I've ever been in my life. And then the email came out about, <laughs> you know, if you made it or not. And I legit thought they made a mistake. (laughs) But I showed up on the first day and I was like, you know what? I'm going to rock with it because I'm in the room. I'm in the room. So anyway, long story short, I joined my worship team. No, I made my worship team because I had to earn it by auditioning. I've also like always had a heart for babies. I love, I just love babies. They're so squishy and fat and all they want is to like be loved and comforted and 
it's my favorite thing to, like, have a baby who maybe is a little upset and get them to, like, go to sleep and just feel so, like, safe and, and, and just love them. I just love babies. And um, I'm not experiencing this anymore, and I think what I'm about to mention cured it, but I was experiencing some uh, baby fever because part of what I had vision or envisioned for my life was, you know, getting married and having babies, and so I had this whole plan, and then that plan blew up in my face. So at my church, there's also a, um, there's a huge, uh, youth and children's ministry, uh, ministry department. Um, so for all ages and they, they start at like, um, I think it's two months is the youngest and then, um, kind of cuts off by certain age. And so I, um, as part of this growth track, like figured out how I could get plugged into serving in the baby's department. So when I want to, I'm able to, you know, go volunteer basically, um, and hold a baby for two hours where their parents go to service and, and it's just awesome. Um, I also in this time started a, uh, women's life group and, um, it was mostly, uh, it was, focused on um, women who were um, newer to faith, so like figuring out their relationship um, to God. And there were a couple of girls who had been in the presence of faith for like their whole lives, but like kind of got off track or like whatever. Um, but it was basically that I was like leading this life group So it was a responsibility. It was, you know, sort of a commitment that I held down and and also um, gave me an environment to have community around me um, and, like, uplift each other through that. I also, I told you guys, I really overextend when I'm in pain. (laughs) Um, I also, I was like, what else do I like? I love puppies. (laughs) So I was like, how how can I serve or how can I volunteer with dogs? And part of me really wanted to like work with, um, you know, in shelters and stuff and like, you know, walk the dogs and stuff. But for some reason, I don't really know why it was really hard to get connected into the shelters. And I found this opportunity on like a volunteering website. So there are, if you are looking for ways to like, you know, volunteer or serve or whatever there are websites I don't I don't remember what it's called volunteer.org or volunteer.com but just like google volunteer opportunities in my area and they'll come up for you and you can like refine it by what you're interested in but I found this opportunity you're gonna think this is so cool because it is um I found this opportunity to be a photographer for a foster organization for the puppies that were going to be up for adoption. And so my job, and I I am not a photographer, but I had just, um, through the blogging thing, learned about my DSLR camera. I had just got a, you know, a 50 millimeter lens, which is just a different type of lens. It doesn't, there's nothing fancy about this. I'm not, whatever. Um, but I had just learned about this because something else that I was, um, expanding into, you know, new hobbies and, um, the 
the lady who ran the uh, foster organization who was managing, you know, getting these volunteer photographers was like asking me questions and like what camera I had and stuff. And I was able to speak to it just enough to be, you know, selected to do this. So um, I only did it a handful of times. I want to say maybe between maybe five to eight times. Um, but it was so cool. I would just go to these really nice people's houses who were fostering these dogs or meet up at a, you know, a communal place, just depending. It was always, uh, women, I believe. So it was never like, I felt like I was in danger or anything, like going to someone's house. Um, and I would just take pictures of these adorable puppies. And then once they were done, pop them up on a, a Google Drive and send it in. And they were used on their, like, ads to you know get these dogs a home and that I thought that was so cool because I was able to do both the photography thing so what I learned from blogging and also spend time with a puppy so cool and then I always wanted to be more social so I started hosting I wanted to host parties and dinners and all the things and I started doing it um and that was so fulfilling because people started really looking forward to my events and they were very well attended and I kind of have fallen off of that and want to get back to that. So anyway, it was just different things that I was doing that I'd always wanted to do and I, I would always wanted them to be a part of my life and who I was and what I did, but I just never made time to do them. And I'm telling you, if you're in the place where you're recovering or healing from a breakup, this is your sign. This is the time. These things help to program or reprogram who you are, which is so cool because you are literally rewriting your personal definition of who you are by what you are including in your life. So if you've always wanted to be more giving, volunteer. If you've always wanted to be more social, start planning fun things for your friends. If you've always wanted to learn a skill, learn it and do it for fun and see where it leads. And while you might be feeling all the emotions of loss and still grieving, which is totally okay, this conscious choice to extend yourself in new ways should also feel really powerful because you're taking ownership of what you want. And I feel like there's some validity in, you know how they say, like, smile even when you don't feel like it because it will trick your brain into believing that you're happy and then you actually are all of a sudden you're happy. I feel like it's the same way for this. Like, you start doing things that you've always wanted to do and it really does help with feeling... Um, accomplished and purposeful and intentional which does lead to overall satisfaction of life and happiness okay the last step number five of getting through a breakup is letting time do its thing I mentioned this at the beginning but time is a key player here and it's so annoying when people say time heals everything but it really does like I wrote this example down and it's silly but we're going to we're going to go through it. So <laughs> I wrote down your elementary or middle school crush example. So I have two. One, I I fell in love like the first day of kindergarten. 
He turned the hallway. I was four years old when I went to kindergarten. He had shoulder-length hair. He was um, foreign. We're just going to say that. (laughs) I don't want to, like, reveal his identity because I was so embarrassed about my kindergarten crush. But anyway, he was just so, like, exotic and not not from the States. And so he, he turned the corner and I swear to you, when he turned his shoulder length hair flew about over his shoulder and in the middle of that hair flip, time slowed down and I was in love. I I was in love and I was in love until with this kid until the end of sixth grade. The end of sixth grade. That's seven years. Wait, is that eight years altogether? Regardless, I wanted to marry this kid. (laughs) I was obsessed. It was my longtime crush. And in the moment, obviously, as a child, you have all these emotions. And you think there's no one else out there. And then, obviously, it doesn't work out, and, um, and you move on. And now you think about it as, like, a 30-year-old on a podcast, and you're like, that was so silly. I'm telling you, you are going to feel about your breakup and that person the way that you feel about a childhood crush. It's just going to take time. It's like when we were in love with, like, one of the Backstreet Boys, I had a crush on a member of Dream Street, which was the original band that Jesse McCartney started in. And I thought I would die if I did not marry. His name is Chris Truesdale. And he unfortunately passed, I think, um, like two years ago, which was really sad. But um, I I was obsessed. I was like aching. Like I, he came out with a movie and I was jealous of the girl that was in it. And I just, I... I felt like I was going to spontaneously combust if I didn't get to marry Chris Truesdale. And now I look back on it and I'm like, haha, that's so silly. You're going to feel that way about this breakup. It just needs time. So just like I said in the beginning when I read that thing that I wrote for TikTok, little by little, day by day, on the topic of time, you're going to feel better. Those emotions are going to fade (laughs) so much so over time that eventually you'll wake up and it'll be something you just look back on and you won't feel any of those things that you used to and it'll just be a thing that happened in your life just like any other event. Okay, I'm going to close this episode out by saying if you are hurting right now, I feel for you. I'm sorry and it's going to get better. Just know it's going to get better. Just keep trucking along. Keep doing your best. Keep breathing. Maybe take some of the steps that we talked about in this episode, but you are loved. I'm sending you so much love and I'll talk to you in the next one. This is the part of the podcast where I ask you to subscribe, leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Even if you want to like screenshot this and tag me on Instagram and I'll repost you on my story, I would so appreciate it. Word of mouth from your friends is the most powerful way to share something of value. So if you could do that for me, Love you forever. Okay. Love you. Bye.